Welcome to Metaphysical. Did you know that historical figures have actually been recorded using superpowers? From Jesus, Moses, and Buddha to Nostradamus, Bruce Lee, and Houdini. The stories we found will astound you. Telekinesis and astral projection were just the beginning in part one, so join remote viewer John Vivanco and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a part two of a show that's out of this world. Heck yeah. So historical figures. Yeah. I had not I had not heard that that they had superpowers. I had not thought of that before. Actually, what about saints? Really? Saints. Saints yes, have had superpowers, right? Yeah, yeah. They, at, over at Edge of Wonder, we had a couple of episodes where we just went into this, like the history of superpowers and stuff. And saints were a big right. part of that, like recorded saints, and not just in the in the West, like in the East as well, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's weird. It's like, it's like, that's what makes these guys popular because <laughs> they had superpowers. Well, it's almost like, especially in the past, right? Like there were two things I think that, that would uh, spiritual people would give credence to when deciding whether or not someone was really spiritually adept or like high, high level, however right. you want to say it. Right. One was superpowers the other was was relics that that were that were um you know uh associated with the saint or or the the spiritual uh guru or being or whatever and i think um uh, you know some of them were recorded as even like the popes or different people got really annoyed with them they got kicked out of monasteries or excommunicated for having these abilities because you know, I mean, really, was it was it that they thought they were demonic, really? Or was the Pope or whoever it was jealous of, you know, someone having more abilities than they did? And, you know, this is the strange thing, too, is, you know, abilities in our society. Like, imagine it. Like, if you walked into a, a, a onto the scene with these abilities, immediately everyone would think you're the coolest guy in the room, right? So right. historically, like, people have, like, searched for these supernormal abilities. I mean, look at Hitler. I mean... Hitler was out of his mind trying to find power using relics or or rituals or any of these things that he could find to try to get those things. Right. Um, I mean, then, like, what about, like, super soldiers? The the idea of the creation of super soldiers and, and those supranormal ab abilities that military or intelligence or government wants to create. You know, we, we know of those stories. Like, how is that different? Okay, well, you know, wait, no, no, this is this is this is going in an interesting place because because when you think about it, in the past, when you're talking about like Buddha, for instance, or Jesus, you're talking about spiritual adepts that have created this. I don't know, you call it a superpower by focusing their minds because it's all about focusing the mind. That is on the spiritual side, but when you get into the whole government side. That's kind of dangerous, actually, for the military and government, right? Because because they need to be able to control their superpower. One hundred percent. Yeah. Mean, what happens if they don't control it? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even if you even if you talk to the old ex-military remote viewers, um, those guys are really spiritual now, because. Yeah. Because by doing this over and over again, they've launched themselves into a whole different way of understanding the world, right? And, and, and their minds right now probably wouldn't even go into being 
in that position in the first place, right? Well, and I think anyone who's serious about research, it's kind of like if, you, if you're really giving it a chance and you don't have preconceived notions and you're not looking for a negative answer, you naturally become more spiritual. There, were, there was just a guy on Joe Rogan who um, was, he was an atheist. He was 57 years old. I don't, I don't recall his name, but he was trying to prove that, uh, you know, Jesus was a conspiracy or that, you know, like spirituality is a conspiracy and ended up becoming spiritual in the process. <laughs> and like the whole story was about that. And it's like, you, you can't really, I believe you can't really avoid that if you're, if you're having a serious look, like, I mean, you dude, you go outside and start looking around, right. And really looking around. And it's hard not to come to a conclusion that there is some type of divine order to the things that are going on. Right. Exactly. I yeah. mean, fractals, fractal within fractal within fractal in nature. I mean, it's intelligence. 100%. Intelligence and patterns. Well, and, and then there's this idea, you know, like, I mean, think about it with, with, with your mind, you know, uh, there, there was Dr. Emoto who was showing that the mind could influence snowflakes or water just by having a thought and pointing the thoughts at it or saying certain things to the water. It was changing right. the crystals when they would crystallize into ice. Right. Now, lots of human beings kind of like a rather, uh, you know, low energy thought going towards water. If you are somehow become very spiritually adept, maybe the abilities become even stronger, the energy gets stronger, and the ability to create becomes even greater. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing that most most people's energy is spent with incessant thinking, monkey mind. But when you sit there and meditate for a while, you're concentrating, you're not using the faculty of thought, and all that energy is going somewhere else it's building up inside of you and that is the root of the superpowers that, yeah in my opinion people, and there's a lot of people who think oh me meditating uh, you know depending on what school of thought you're in right meditating isn't good for you or it's evil or something like that no 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 you can look at meditating like pray if you do you pray because you could say the same thing about praying yet it's not because you're you know you're in communion with something greater when you're meditating. You may not be saying anything or even thinking anything, but it is that experience. And right. It's important yeah, to bridge that. Types. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, different types of meditation for different purposes. Um, the, the, you know, the highest purpose is enlightenment in a sense, and then helping others. Um, that, that path of meditation um versus like a path to gain superpowers are totally different things well, yes of course <laughs> yeah and i mean like like honestly no situation on planet earth has ever really worked out by human beings like really erratically pursuing something you right know? <laughs> it's like don't do that's a bad idea like that's that's something that i myself have you know it's it's wisdom that i have come to in, in my own life exactly. is that it's you know you have to be really careful about what you're pursuing and where your mind mind is at yeah, and do. a higher form of letting go and becoming more spiritual is is just that i believe is is like you, you know it's letting go of these things and and just if you can if you can insert just a little bit more selflessness into your life every day you know even after a year you just feel better your body looks better everything feels better you know that guy's yeah, faking it's been it. My experience. For sure. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah, same. So so there's so many stories here. And a couple of these I don't think that you've heard about, John. Um, and I really kind of want to get your reaction here. So have you heard of uh, Monk Jigong? No, I haven't. So is Monk it, wait, is Jigong, Jigong, uh, is, the, is this, you know, uh, Jigong, is this the no. same as Jigong? I mean, is this? Oh, no, that was actually his name. But I mean, yeah. is, is he the is he the creator of the idea of qigong? No, practices. No, okay. qigong, qigong predates it this predates. monk okay, by many, it. many, many. I mean, we're talking about qigong being in existence in Chinese culture as long as Chinese culture existed, because qigong actually that word qigong was created in this. I think it was the '60s or the '70s, basically to stay under the radar from the Chinese Communist Party. Because if you wow. if you came across as being spiritual or religious during that time when the Chinese Communist Party was 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 conducting the Great Cultural Revolution, or I don't even want to call it great, the Cultural Revolution, they were killing anyone who was spiritual, basically at the yeah. time. But if you were just doing exercises, if you were just practicing qigong, oh, it's fine, right? Like right. that can go under the radar because so it was a way to keep it hidden. Yeah, and you're and you're not you're keeping you're kind of keeping the divine discussion out of the entire thing, which the you know communists wanted to avoid. So it was a way for also for the communists to leave a little bit of the Chinese culture in their in their society without just like completely but it was also like if anyone wanted to practice anything you call it qigong and it was sort of like your ticket into being able to practice something spiritual and get away with it i know? see right well and you know I, I mean actually like before you i mean qigong is something that i do like regularly in general um and it actually really helps with remote viewing just put that a out. million percent yeah <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. And and there's loads and loads of, of testimonials that will say the same thing. Um, you know, to understand Qigong, like you could even, a lot of people will kind of, uh, I think they compartmentalize it into being some something specific from, from, from China, actually. And it is, but any cultivation practice could be a form of Qigong. Okay, so so when you're talking about yoga, could be a form of qigong. It could be a form of it. Tai Chi form of qigong, right? <laughs> um, whatever, <laughs> whatever the Karate Kid was doing could be a form of uh, qigong. Wow, look at his his posture there. That's just <laughs> inspirational. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so qigong actually was a monk, and. Um, he had one of these stories that we kind of brought up in the past where he just had, you know, he was a monk. He, he was involving in spiritual practice on a daily basis, trying to improve himself day over day. And um, he has some of the some of the most powerful supernormal abilities and stories left from China. Now, there was a, so there was this temple that was being built and they desperately needed wood to build this temple. But the best wood was found about 900 miles away from where they wanted to buy the where they wanted to make the temple, right? And uh, the monks were desperate. So Ji Gong actually used his powers to bring the logs over one after another coming up through a well. So he was plucking the trees down into the, into the dirt and bringing them up through a well where they needed to actually make the temple. Um, when the monks had enough, Ji Gong was still in the middle of bringing one over. So he just stopped it and it remained half submerged in the well. Later generations built a pavilion over it, naming it the Divine Teleportation Well. Wow. 
That's nuts. That's actually something that that I'd like to put in the remote viewing queue. That's really interesting. Dude, for real. He's yeah. Actually, Ji Gong is probably one of the coolest guys that you guys could remote view because his life was such an, I mean, amazing stuff from the, the stuff that I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one that's going in the queue. That's a really incredible story. I mean, I wonder what else, what other stories are of this guy, because that's really like. Well, he was um, he was called the Mad Monk. The Mad Monk. They called him the Mad Monk. Yeah, and um, and and there's and then actually there's another story of him. I'll tell you it. So he, he, so the story basically goes that Monk Jigong felt something was amiss and used his powers to see that a mountain peak was about to come crashing down on a nearby village. Right? He he is a precog too. So, um, he warned the townspeople who just thought he was insane. And that's when he spotted a, a wedding procession. Okay, so he sees a wedding procession going on in this in this town. He barges in. He snatched the bride. He threw her over his shoulder and just started running. Huh. Okay. So before long, the entire village was chasing after him. And when they got past the village gate, sure enough, the mountain peak totally collapsed, landing on the village and flattening buildings. He rescued the village. Crazy. That's okay. that's that that's interesting. Okay, um, but that's not it. So there was a there was a little girl staggering behind with a giant boulder thundering towards her. Jigong aimed his palm at the boulder and forced it back with his powers. Today that boulder is called Hangzhou's Flying Peak, and today you can see the imprint of a hand sunk into the base of the rock. What? That is really what. This is okay. This is sure not it. This is an example. Oh, okay. Just pulling up an example. I'm trying to give you guys a visual at home. Yeah, that's a crazy story, right? That's really interesting. Actually, that reminds me. You know, minus the you know moving of the boulder, um, 1966 in Aber Aber in England, where um, uh, coal slurry. There were these guys that were mining, and there was coal slurry that that came down and covered a village and like 140 people, I think, died. Uh, majority of those were children covered with coal slurry. Uh, when, when it was investigated afterwards, tons of townspeople had the precog that something really bad was going to happen through dreams or whatever. But your story reminds me of that, you know, the, the mountain sliding down on the village. But I think that people have that sort of precog everybody has that precog ability i believe you know and i don't think it's something special in general because i think that that all of this stuff like our our, our psychic senses developed for the purpose of survival yeah i mean that's it right or finding food i mean we don't need to use it anymore because it's like you know we know which roads to drive there are grocery stores everywhere what do we need it for, for <laughs> right, right. food right it's like we you we can use it for saving our lives and others' lives in general. So, so I think this is the ability that people have. And before any major disaster, you will hear that people had dreams about it or whatever. In fact, before all the COVID stuff happened, I had a precog that something really bad was going to happen and people would be locked in their homes. Mm. So much so that I called a bunch of friends of mine. This was like in October beforehand yeah, that, dude that's I had, like yeah a couple months before you and i went to australia 
a couple months before that, yeah. I woke up one morning and I'm like, people are going to be locked in their homes. We're going to need food. We have to get supplies now. So I'm like, I don't even know what it was about. I just felt it. I knew it. So I started calling some friends that I knew um, in different cities saying, you got to do this. You got to get food. We're going to be locked in our homes. They're just like, you're insane. Sorry, but you're insane. And then, <laughs> and then, and then sure happens. enough, it happens. Sure enough, it happens, right? <laughs> so I right. think we, we, we have this ability. And I think that the ability really comes out before natural disasters, ultimately. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so glad we entered into this conversation using Qigong because the the whole and and qigong in general because have you ever like the, now qigong is a very vast conversation when you start talking about qigong you can't not talk about all of the different schools that are across right. china martial arts all kinds of things and when people you know how you, we were talking about when you start meditating different things kind of happen right well actually for some people too when they start doing martial arts certain things start happening their body is moving in certain ways and it's a way that their body hasn't moved have you heard of the ability called the hard qigong? No, uh, -uh. it's basically like <clears throat> it's like an invulnerability. And okay, so you're basically kind of turning into a rock. It, like you can literally throw yeah. knives at that body. Now I'm not telling you at home to do that. I'm saying when a, someone is in this state, what is alleged is that you know their body is in this extremely hard state, and it's not just their it's not just their body, but also their hands where they can actually like punch rock and it will destroy the rock because the, they're in a state where their energy is at a certain potency and perhaps the energy is moving around and it will take the impact from whatever it is that's attempting to hit them. Right. It's, yeah. it's like a buildup of chi um, that can be used as a, a barrier. And, you know, it's like, okay, so I took, I've taken a lot of Kung Fu and there was Qigong involved in that as well. Like, you know, going back and forth, learning both. And um, I remember other people in the class that were trying to get their body to that point. And I didn't know the term for it, but I knew that they were trying to do that. They were also trying to get to a point where they had chi in their movements and their punches and stuff yep. like that, which, I mean, I never really focused on that. I just wanted to move energy and I really loved the movements of mm. it. And I could feel the energy in my body. It's like, there's, 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 it's really interesting to me the way people go toward I want to use it for fighting. I want to be yeah. able to, because I do, I am absolutely positive that, that if you develop that enough, you can do a simple movement into somebody that will kill them with little, with little effort on your part by pushing that chi. Well, there was a dude. Okay. The guy who developed Tai Chi, Zhang, Zhang Songfeng, I think his name was, he, it was, it was, it was said and, and it was written back in the day that when he was doing Tai Chi, people could not get within like 200 feet of him. Wow. That he was so powerful. His energy was so powerful. People could even see the energy that he was moving around, the Tai Chi actually that he was moving around while he was doing it. And I mean, you know, if that's true, that's completely insane. I mean, and oh, I, can, I can believe that. Right. I, mean, I can believe that. Well, I mean, and then you, you know, you get to guys like Bruce Lee, right? Who, who right. people, people think, had supernormal abilities like he trained in martial arts from the age of six became one of the most skilled martial artists in the world right he easily defeated men much larger multiple opponents at once everyone at the time will tell you that no one wanted to get in the ring with bruce lee chuck norris all those guys were like no one could beat bruce it's it's it was a thing right he he was 128 pounds and 5'8 that's very very slender 
and he yeah. he developed the one inch punch and cameras weren't fast enough to track what he was doing. Wow. Now this one inch punch is like, everybody talks about this, right? And then uh, now that's Joe Lewis, world heavyweight karate champion. Jeez. Sent back several feet from getting uh, from getting punched with the one inch punch. Now, a lot of people, you know, okay, yes, Bruce Lee died, died a young age, definitely had a lot of, uh, he was, he was searching for fame. There's a lot of that. He wasn't part of that 27 club, was he? I don't think so. How old was Bruce? <clears throat> 33, I think. Oh, okay. Just still an occult number or a esoteric number, depending on how you look at it. Didn't, didn't his son die as well later on he brandon son... lee okay yes yeah, so check this out i have a story for you you want to hear this yeah all right a lot of people think oh bruce just died whatever whatever right in in martial arts in the past in ancient uh martial arts i have a theory here okay that when martial arts would get up to a certain point you're not just you're not just playing a martial arts game here your your energy is developing it's getting more potent and other beings are becoming aware of you and your mm. skills yeah, you start, you know, whether in dreams or in a in a meditative state, they're coming across other beings. John, so there was a movie about Bruce Lee in the '90s. It was called um, Dragon: The Bruce Lee Story. If you watch this movie, I actually think this was disclosure. I think this is what really happened to Bruce Lee. He he was becoming too skilled at martial arts. There were beings that were were sensing him. And his uh, and and we're we're starting to challenge him to to matches maybe here maybe in another dimension, and I don't think he could get himself away from these beings, and so what ended up happening is eventually, you know, if you can't, I think if you if you don't get the memo on letting go of competition and all of these things. And you keep right. engaging in that activity. Eventually, it takes your life. Your energy just gets depleted, and it takes your life. Right. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, it's it's all about like attracting to you what you're acting out all the time. It's just right. And happen. this guy, this guy is recorded as quoted as as saying that he wanted to become the most famous actor in Hollywood. And so, you know, you you yeah. have all of this skill. You're training harder than anyone else. You're becoming more and more probably super normal over time. And then eventually it's like, well, can it hold ground or not? And Right, right. You know. Yeah, and you're in the whole like really dark energy realm of Hollywood too. And if that's what you're striving yeah, he, for. He, and he was getting yeah. closer and closer, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of unfortunate. But I mean, that's what it is. It's like people want to use this stuff for some kind of selfish personal gain. You know, so yeah, that it matters. A little correction here. Wikipedia says that he was 32 years old when he died. 32. Okay. So yeah, not 27 club. Sounds like, sounds like something totally different. That's really fascinating. Now, a lot of these, mar a lot of these martial art movies, you see them like flying through the air and all of that stuff. And that's actually all based in, in, in Chinese, Japanese tradition of these abilities acquiring over time and you being able to do certain things that other people could not do. Um, but one example that's on a, co a completely different side of the earth of someone flying was Joseph of Cupertino, who was known as the flying friar. <laughs> it's like the flying nun. 
the flying <laughs> right, right. Like the mad monk, the the flying friar. They have great names for these guys, you know. Um, so he was apparently so pious that he could not stop levitating during. Oh that. yeah, that's a great painting. That yeah. is a great painting. <laughs> And he was he was basically this is an example of what I was saying. He got he was ostracized and denounced by the Catholic Holy Inquisition. Uh, over 70 instances of Joseph levitating have been recorded. OK, and as word spread about this incredible friar, people came uh, to him to seek advice and confess their wrongdoing. So Joseph was able to help many people in his lifetime, reportedly. Wow. And uh, it's just, you know, the people's like he he was just he was very pious, like the 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 clergy was just getting really upset because, you know, he'd start flying in the middle of mass and like everybody be looking at him and it was causing a lot of a, of a distraction to the servant. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, look at this, like the the whole theme underlying theme here is is spirituality developing. It depends on I, when you get into martial arts. It's it's kind of a, a split path there where you can I totally agree the spirituality yeah. side or the body side, the body desire materialist side or the spiritual side. But more so, it just seems to be related to spirituality, like focusing the mind, focusing the body. Ultimately, I mean, the friar's not going to be doing, you know, martial arts to any degree. He's just, you know, praying and meditating for the most part. So it's going to be the, the under core, the underlying thing of all these super normal abilities is spirituality unless you get into i don't know what would the government have to do here the government would be more on this or military would be on the side of of, of using drugs ch uh, changing genetic blow those open yeah right to blow those open because because here's the thing like unless you're like bruce lee and are really like a materialist and want to be something on the physical level with your martial arts skills you're not going to be able to be controlled because you're going to you have to develop this through the mind power that you have. So 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 the government well, or military is going to have to, like, develop a way to keep control yes. of you. Like, look at the Bourne, Jason Bourne series. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a true thing. I mean, what they're what they have, there is a true thing. Supranormal ability to a degree that they have to control and keep almost keep hidden from another part of a person's consciousness. I mean, that's really what it comes down to when you get to the super soldier side, changing genetic, uh, uh, genetic um, DNA in a person for specific types of abilities, but also somehow trying to keep control of it. Yeah. If you have them go into like more of a, a mind focused spiritual side of it, they, they, I don't know. They would break out of the whole situation in the end, is my guess, because it doesn't jibe with a spiritual mindset. Well, and we've got, I mean, you know, then we've got, you know, guys like Jesus made a blind man see right. illnesses, fed thousands of people with only a few loaves of bread and a few fish, was reportedly so light he could walk on water, you know, um, similar to this Joseph of Cupertino in that way, right? Um, uh, Moses, I mean, parts the Red Sea, made water come out of a stone, set 10 plagues upon Egypt. Uh, you know, uh, gosh, that, that one's crazy, you know, 
water turned to blood, frogs, lice, wild animals, flies, pestilence of livestock, boils, thunderstorm of hail and fire, locusts, darkness for three days, death and death of uh, of firstborn sons because of the of that's a know, superpower. Well, I don't think it was his in that case. Maybe they had done something so that's grievous crazy. that you know his he kind of only probably had to say a couple of words and he was like, you know, who's behind me? Maybe, I don't know, you know, right. The parting of the red sea being like, you know, the craziest in, in a sense of all of those. These are the religious superheroes. Yeah. 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 That all come from like connection to source God, whatever you want to call it. Like literally that's where it comes from. It's interesting to me. It's like, and it, <clears throat> this is something that's outside of our thinking mind again. You know, it's like go back to that. Like, like what what are the practices that people are doing in order to have that connection to source to God and to be able to be a better person with superpowers? That's what it is. I mean, really, that's what it comes and, down to. And if would we even know about them if they if they had that many abilities? I mean, really think about it. If it was something exactly. that could really interrupt human society and they got their powers by being like wise or pious or or you know like spiritually adept they would know enough not to disturb anything or or people right, right. right? well you know these things also come from um a buildup of lifetime after lifetime you know where where you're practicing a certain i mean take it take one human in one lifetime like like bruce lee for instance I mean, how long, if we're talking about reincarnation here, ultimately, um, how long, how many lifetimes did a person lead until they got to that point where they became a master beginning at like five years old, you know? I mean, well, that's, that's and, like and, a development of a skill over yeah. lifetime. Well, and then why do some people come who ha are more like... There is no spoon, right? Yeah. The, that whole thing is like, it's 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 the recognition that you are it and not it it's you it's there and it's not mm. there you are it and not it and so that re whole recognition is is like understanding that you are part of everything that you are that so your mind can move into it you know and i, I think you know, i was like, so fixated on that guy's hair that i didn't even notice that those stones were bending in that image I know. But it's like, it's like, I think that some people don't understand why they do this stuff. And these types of, of spiritual or psychic gifts are something that, well, I think Edgar Casey said it. He said that being psychic or having these types of gifts is because you as an individual have developed yourself spiritually to a certain degree, to a certain extent. But you know, people will get caught up in the gifts and then they'll start to retreat back from that kind of Yes, stuff, because, right? yeah, because then it becomes about the gift. It becomes about the gift. Yes. Right? Yeah. Now, this is um, this is Edgar Casey right here. Edgar Casey was known as the, what was it? The sleeping... Sleeping prophet. The sleeping prophet. And he would, he had the power of retrocognition, essentially. He had kind of retold the story of the fallen Atlantis. If you guys haven't checked out his his books, like he has a lot of that in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot yeah, of- like, in, this, in this photograph, like, did they try to make him look spooky 
or does he just really look spooky? I don't, you know, I don't know. It's sort of like that guy, Yuri, you just showed too. Like there's right. some look in his eyes, like Houdini had the same look where I'm just like, dude, back off. Just stop looking at it like that. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. All right. Yeah. I know who do I know you're mysterious Houdini, but can you stop creeping out on me? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, that's Edgar Casey when he got older, he looks like right. he's, he's calmed man. down on the spooky. Yeah. yeah. Houdini, however, yeah, he didn't get a chance to become a sweet old man. He just looked like a creeper. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> he, was, he had too many straitjackets he was putting on. I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into Houdini in a second, but, you know, we were we were talking about some of these healing abilities, and, you know, it wasn't just Jesus who had uh, these healing abilities. In, in the Far East... There were a few Chinese medicine doctors, like uh, guys like uh, a guy named Bian Chui, uh, Li Shijian, Sun Simiao, and Hua Tuo. Those those four guys who all had like advanced abilities, and they were multiple different kinds of abilities, not just healing. Like some of them saw stuff; they could see into the human body, they could find where the ailments are, and then tell you how to resolve them. Right? Some like one of them was so advanced i think his name was hua tuo he told the emperor that he had a brain tumor he wanted to do surgery on the brain temper the the uh the emperor he wanted to do brain surgery on the emperor the emperor thought in his hubris that he meant to murder him by even bringing that up I, hey rob wait i'm see i'm seeing something hey can i do brain surgery on you man yeah, right I understand that, but this guy was known for for healing people. Right. Think yeah, about that, right? Yeah. There's a there's a history there where yeah. the emperor could not very it's difficult still to creepy. find. It's still yeah. creepy. It's still creepy, like, but yes, and I understand. But you know, if okay, so uh, anyway, let, let's see what happens here, right? So he he imprisons this guy, Quatuo. Quatuo dies in prison, and then a couple of like whatever weeks, months later, he starts having the repercussions from the brain tumor and then passes away himself because he couldn't, right. he couldn't resolve this. Right. 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 So there's a lot of stories in, uh, in ancient China about all these abilities that they were using to move their arts forward. Like how did they figure all of that stuff out about Chinese herbs? Really think about it. Like, right. I don't just think all of it was experimentation. Like, right. it couldn't be that advanced. When you hear about what some of these things do to your body and how it does it, like their understanding was on a completely different level, you know? Right. Well, like that guy, um, like that guy, John of God, like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love this show. You're, I was, I was going to take you down this, uh, this path here, but I, I had to stop. No. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, gosh, so many things to talk about here. Um, there's a couple of others that I'd like to bring up that um, are kind of interesting. So one is this guy, Nicholas Flamel. So have you heard of Nicholas Flamel? Mm -mm. Who's okay. this? Nicholas Flamel is a very mysterious figure uh, from history that, to be honest, I would like to do a larger dig on because a lot of what, we see today about people um, pursuing immortality comes originally, well, not originally, but one of the stories that's constantly brought up in that discussion is the story of Nicholas Flamel. 
Um, Nicholas Flamel, she's bringing up uh, a photo of what Nicholas Flamel looked like in the Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potter series. So, you know, J.K. Rowling was very re well researched. Did I say her name right? J.K. Rowling, excuse me. She was very well researched. And so she ended up bringing a lot of these historical characters into her, um, you know, uh, into her stories, which are basically just a ripoff of Lord of the Rings, because I know Lindsay loves when I say that. Um, okay, so Nicholas Flamel. Okay, there's a guy back in the day. He's working in a rare books sh shop, finds a book with information in it about how to obtain immortality, pursues immortality, basically is then said to have lived 600 years or something like that, and then kind of fell off the face of the earth, and people think that he just went away and obtained more immortality. Huh. Yeah. And uh, now like the St. Germain story. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> what's weird is that a very similar story is told in the movie, the ninth gate, which stars Johnny Depp. And that was all about immortality through finding the devil, basically. Right. <laughs> which was like a sick movie, really. Right. The whole thing was a sick movie. And what's weird is they reference a lot of occult stuff in that movie that no one should really know about. But how did that director know about that stuff? Like, right. I only found this stuff through like, like hours and hours of crazy research. And like, they're bringing it up casually in a movie. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, and, and what's weirdest about that is we're talking about this being a Roman Polanski film, The Ninth Gate. Roman Polanski who had to leave the United States for being accused of, uh, you know, basically uh, sexually abusing children, underage right. children. And, you know, he goes over and he's in Europe. He makes this movie about the devil. And it's like, you're not helping your case, bro. Not helping your case here. Um, anyway, Nicholas Flamel's story seems very similar to the main, uh, the main uh, character story in that, uh, in that movie because he's he's working in a rare books shop he finds he finds the necronomicon which they call the delamalonicon and then he finds the answer from lucifer on how to obtain more immortality so they kind of like merge those two stories into one in this in this uh, movie if you want to understand how the occult people the crazy occult people of this world think that's a good place to start that movie right. it uh, basically tells that that pretty well and um, now along with that discussion with Nicholas Flamel is turning one substance into another transmutation, turning metals into gold, which have long been the, um, the desire of alchemists and alchemy, especially back in the day in England, when, you know, creating a fortune magically was what would make your ability to rule last longer. Right. And most of these magicians were hired on, yeah, but you know, basically to further that that desire, that effort to obtain more gold in in the empire or in right. the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, and we've got a lot of examples of of that, and and in in history that we can actually do in another show revolved around sorcery or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. But transmutation is a thing, and and it's not. It's a thing that's been around for a really long time, and in, in the arts in the in the West, people will reference alchemy. In the East, they reference alchemy too. It's just called something different, and um, and they're they're said to be able to change metals into other substances. They're they're able to change one thing into another. I mean, perhaps this is how Moses pulled water out of the rock. I mean, yeah. or you know, there is water in there, so maybe he just pulled it out. I don't know, but 
It's strange. Yeah. I mean, are these, are these, I don't know. I mean, where do you draw the line on like, on like what we consider a super normal ability as far as this stuff goes though? I mean, is this, is the, I don't know. I really don't know what I'm trying to point out here. It's like, think about, think about Star Wars, John. Okay. Like if you think about Star Wars, George Lucas based that off of Taoism, right? Kind of loosely. Yeah. So Luke, go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I, no, I get it. I'm, I'm just thinking like, are we, are we, are we talking about like something like something that happens? It's like all of a sudden a higher source of energy moves through a person and then it never moves through that person again. Right. I mean, it seems like some of this stuff is literally just a momentary blip where there's through no development of their own has shot through them and they, and then something miraculous has happened. I mean, is that, is, is that a supernormal ability? Is, is that what it is? Or is it some, or is a or a miracle ability something that is continually like growing within a person? I you know think the I mean? latter personally. Yeah. Because think about it, like, you know, that example of Star Wars I was bringing up is very similar to a martial artist or one of these healers in the East who were developing their craft. This thing was growing and their abilities came out more and more as they developed this craft. Right. You know? And and like, in, you know, it could be martial arts in Star Wars. It was like sword fighting. They even use a crystal for the technology, which was like, really think about it, like a kind of an outrageous concept. Um, and you know, like you're, you're, you're learning how to hone that and you have to make a decision if you want to go evil or go, go good. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I guess what the, the choke that Darth Vader did. The force choke. The force choke. Right. Yeah. yeah. What an ability that was. Well, I mean, think about like our third dimensional reality here. Things take time, but you have to have physical impact physical in order to make some kind of mark on it. Sure. Um, Right. I mean, that's the standard idea that we have here. But when you move into uh, other dimensional reality, higher dimensional reality, for instance, intent creates force in and of itself. So when I see these kinds of things like Darth Vader, you know, squeezing his throat, it's like it's like beings are well, they have this like fourth dimensional aspect that is incredibly developed so much so that they can use it to touch and impact physical which to me is not out of the um i don't know it's not it's not it doesn't seem it seems like something that should be natural you know it seems like it's something you know, you ever have dream at night where you're flying and you're you're like flying and you're, and you're like i always knew i could do this and like it seems right. like you're always it's always the same oh yeah I always knew I can do this. And then you wake up and you're disappointed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's it's like that, you know? And I think these are literally, man, what makes it so? Is it the buildup of chi over lifetime over lifetime? Is it some God-given jolt that moves through you in an instant? What is it? What is the very source core of this? Is it it's alchemy? Like doing spells and magic to make it happen. I mean, I think some, I think some of this stuff happens through through an art. But but I mean, look at like there's you know guys like Nostradamus and the Buddha. Okay, so Nostradamus like was known to have this ability 
his whole life. I mean, he had the future. Yeah. Yeah. Books that were like highly accurate. I mean, or, or, I mean, some of them were vague. I think humans have to figure some things out, you know, sometimes. It's a lot like sometimes remote viewing data where things can be very metaphorical and um, you have to kind of understand how to read the metaphor. And then then there's, I mean, there's other things too. Like when, how deep do these powers go really? Cause it's like the Buddha saw that there was, 3,000 worlds in a single grain of sand, you know? And I mean, 3,000 worlds in that, in that, and in yeah, every like grain of sand that was in that world. And, that's and the it, fractals. Those are like inward fractals that go yeah. on forever. The, yeah. the quantum realm of just like never ending universe, which, you know, if that's true, which I think it is. It I is mean, true. I mean, he was describing quantum, quantum physics, uh, atomic particles particles world of of that that's what he was doing and so a lot of what he had said can be applied to um uh physics quantum mechanics which is fascinating i mean but think about it i mean like you get a, a you get you perceive the nature of the universe in that state by by stepping outside of this it's like this okay so our brain keeps us extrapolating and abstracting into ideas and concepts and and ideas and concepts off of ideas and concepts. And then we live in this bubble, illusory world of ideas and concepts about everything, constantly thinking about this and that, this and that, this and that. It's where all of our energy goes. But when we step outside of it and go silent inside of ourselves, we're moving into another zone, another place where everything exists. It's oneness. That's what, you know, when people go meditate, they begin to get a sense of oneness about everything. And they start going, wow, everything, I'm one with everything. I mean, that's what happens when you step out of this place, out of the divisions of the mind, the thinking mind. And in that oneness, at least, you know, that's why I'm asking. It's like, where do supernormal abilities come from? Because to me, they come from stepping outside of this, ultimately. That seems to be the big thing. The understanding of having to step outside of this and move into a different aspect of what this is will bring about the so-called superpowers. Well, and and also maybe to connect in better with your body in the first place, because right. when you're too in there, in that place, and and the the concerns and the worries are just flooding your mind, how do you break out of that and see something that's much bigger? You can't. You can't. You, know, it's, you have to. You have to be able to do that. Um, we're, we're almost running out of time here. Uh, so I want to kind of, uh, thank everyone for watching. First of all, also encourage all of you guys to like, and subscribe and follow us on social media. Look for us metaphysical, a metaphysical podcast. Um, you're, we're going to pop up on Instagram. We're going to pop up on TikTok, wherever you guys are. And, uh, definitely, uh, podcast, give us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more people. If you like what you, the content that you're listening to. And I kind of want to set this up a little bit because um, we've got a like a lot of stuff that, you know, John and I kind of want to go through and talk about. But one of the most interesting things I found recently was that uh, there's more to the story of Harry Houdini than I thought. Uh, there were people accusing Harry Houdini of suppressing the powers of lesser psychics. What do you mean? 
his his abilities were so strong that he could suppress other people's abilities. So one actress actually claimed, I mean, he looks creepy, don't get me wrong, but one actress actually claimed that Houdini used his powers to put a leg she had amputated back on her body. What? Um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer of the Sherlock Holmes books that everyone loves now, um, and Harry Houdini used to argue all the time, and Doyle tried to get Houdini to admit that he had superpowers. And, That's interesting. And also, Houdini may have sought out Edgar Casey. Now, what's really interesting about this is this gets even crazier because Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was highly involved in the uh, Jack the Ripper scandal that was going down over in, in Britain. And people over there claimed that Jack the Ripper was a very, very powerful sorcerer. So at home, would you guys like us to go over some of this at some point? Please comment below and let us know. And yeah, we're going to leave you on this cliffhanger because I want to know about this too. What about you, John? Uh, absolutely. And I got to say that there is a psychic pump phenomena that happens where there can be a, like an, I'm an individual when I teach remote viewing, I can increase people's psychic ability. And there is that thing where someone can take it away and block it as well. Whoa. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to test that out in the same room sometime. Yep. All right. Well, you guys at home, thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed this, uh, this episode of metaphysical, uh, and the previous one, definitely go back and watch that about, uh, remote viewing and supernormal abilities part one. And, um, yeah. Do you have anything else to, to add John? I'm just trying to think of what I be, be vigilant and stay. Yeah. Serious. I think let's just go ahead and, and nix that and let's just thank it. people for going out of this world for us or something or with us rather. I don't know what I'm saying. Thank you.